Welcome back to the Miss the Pod. Before I get to the episode, I just wanted to share a bit with you about Lemis the brand. I created Lemis for personal reasons as I'm a huge candle lover and I started worrying about what I was inhaling with some of the more luxe brands and even some of the just like more, you know, cute little um like artisanal brands. You just never know what's in something until you start doing your research. And so I did, and I started playing around with essential oils and learning more about aromatherapy, and thus began the journey into creating a clean, luxe, sustainable home fragrance brand called La Uh, We launched with four scents, and there are so many more to come. I created this podcast as a way to support the brand, but also to provide you with something beautiful, uplifting, and cozy to listen to while you have your candle lit. So to learn more about the brand, you can head over to www.lamis.com, L-A-M-I-S-C.com. You can also check us out on the Instagram handle, which is um, at La Miss Studio, so L-A-M-I-S-C Studio, and there's so much more to come, but in the meantime, please enjoy the episode. Welcome to La Miss Pod, a podcast featuring creatives, entrepreneurs, and interesting folks doing interesting things. These are real conversations covering topics such as career journey, life challenges and triumphs, romance, self-care, and all the miscellaneous things. Hi, and welcome back to the Miss the Pod. I'm your host, Anna, and today we have Brittany Christie on the pod. She is a Los Angeles-based fashion photographer. Her work has appeared in American Vogue, British Vogue, and Elle magazine, and some of her clients include BB Dakota, Nike, and Nasty Gal. She sat down with us to chat about her love of photography and her career journey and hustle into fashion photography. We also discussed the importance of self-care and her being so open about her mental health challenges. She chatted with us about her love of thrifting and home decorating and adjusting to the new way of work life during the pandemic. Here is the episode. Hi. Hey, how's it going? It's going very well. I'm so happy that we're doing this. I want to start off with asking you, um, like, where you're currently based and where you're originally from. Currently, I'm based in Los Angeles. I've been here for eight years, and I'm from Tucson, Arizona. Not really originally. I, like, moved around a lot as a kid. So did you go to school in Arizona and then moved to LA? Like what was the process of getting to LA? So I ended up going to U of A for like shooting film and stuff like that. And then I had met my boyfriend in Tucson who I'm currently still with. And he was like wanting originally to be in entertainment. So he was like, you know, I want to live in LA. So that's kind of what brought me out here eight years ago. Okay. So let's, switch gears a little bit and talk about your career journey. So 
Can you walk yeah, me through so that a bit? Basically, I've always been uncomfortable calling myself a photographer, but looking back, it's just like, it's in me. Like I've been shooting since I was a kid with like disposable cameras and both my parents like actually really like photography. Mm-hmm. We always had a camera around us, like me and my sisters as kids. So I pretty much like, I started a business, like a photography business when I was 17. Kind That's of crazy amazing. thinking back. I'm like, wow, I'd really just like pick something and stuck with it, I guess. <laughs> I'm curious a little bit about why you hesitated to call yourself I a photographer. I think it's like maybe a confidence thing or like a imposter, imposter syndrome, syndrome majorly. I, I always forget about mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, but I like suffer from it so much. I think what I was doing in Tucson is like very different than what I ended up doing in LA because there the market is pretty much like senior photos for like kids graduating high school and like weddings and stuff like that. When I came to LA, I think I felt like I wasn't a real photographer because I hadn't shot like fashion or advertising and stuff like that. But I think it actually kind of tied into my work because I started with like real people. When you start you're taking portraits of someone. So you're like really trying to bring out who that person is. I think that translates well into fashion and commercial work. You definitely have to incorporate that, that experience into directing models and actors and whatnot, you know? So, so then when you moved to LA, like what was the process in terms of developing and transitioning to shooting commercial, commercial work, I guess. And how long did it take? Within a week of moving here, I got a job as a retoucher at like a fast fashion company where I ended up working for a year as a retoucher. And then I was like, this is really soul sucking because it was fast fashion retouching. So it was, you know, 80 to 100 images a day for a year, like day in, day out. Yeah, yeah was, that's insane. So I did that for a year. And then at that company, pretty much I ended up being like their social media, like content creator. Yeah. And so that was fun because I learned to shoot product and my boss there, her name was Michelle and she was actually kind of my intro into like the real fashion world of LA. So Mm -hmm. that was a really cool experience. But then I, I basically was like, I don't really like this corporate life thing where you get like 10 days of vacation a year. And so I ended up getting a job actually as a, a creative director at this like startup. And that was really cool because I ended up doing like their email marketing and their photography and their, their e-com, their marketing. They were like, like the core team was like five people. And then they had maybe like 20 Mm -hmm. support people. I I ended up getting laid off there. I had another, like a third job, which was my last like a full-time job in LA before going freelance. And that was like at a record label. What I ended up doing there was like project coordination for like a pop-up essentially. What do you mean by pop-up? Like a pop-up yeah. store? So what this does was, that mean? So the record label is called Ausla and it's Skrillex's record label. And they had bought like an abandoned gas station and it was pretty much mm-hmm. bought to be a temporary like event space for shows. But everybody loved it so much. It became like this permanent activation where it was like, kind of like a retail store um, where we held events and activations and stuff like that. So it was very strange, but it was like a world that was not for me, like just very long hours. I was like losing my, my sense of like balance in my personal life. So basically my best friend was like, get your shit together and just go freelance. (laughs) And so I ended up like Mm -hmm. quitting my, my job at Ausla 
to become freelance. And so that was about four years ago. Mm -hmm. Since then, I've pretty much like just been building my client base. First like year to two years of freelance is like the absolute hardest because nobody knows who you Mm -hmm. are and you're like working for free all the time, whether it's test shoots or for like, you know, quote unquote exposure, which I have a lot of thoughts on, but it's like, Wait, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I mean, elaborate. for me, okay, so now where I'm at, I will work for free, for instance, like personal shoots that are going to for sure translate into paid work. That that could be considered working for free or it could also be considered like investing in yourself and your business. But then right. there's the flip side of that where like, you know, we all get those DMs where it's like, hey, I have a million followers and like, I want some content for my Instagram I think it's important to like really, really sit on the concept of free work per project. Is this work truly going to translate into any ways for me or is it not? Like recently somebody had DM'd me who you could tell has a lot of money. They're married to somebody very, very wealthy. And they were like, hey, I don't have a budget for this shoot, but I need like basically like an eight hour shoot in Palm Springs. And it was like this whole thing where I'm just like, this is delusional and out of touch and like, they have no concept of yeah, reality so, and what's involved and all the things. So I, yeah. I think uh-huh. work for free if it's truly going to benefit you and, like, if it's investing in yourself. And if not, then, like, just forget it. Um, like, in the last four years, I've just been building, you know, and I'm I'm trying to figure out, like, mm-hmm. what is that what is that balance between, like, going really hard because it's very competitive. And so it's, like, you have to be willing to put in more than the next person or else you're not going to succeed, you know. But at the same time, like the older I get, I feel like the more important mental health and personal like balance is, you know, um, for sure. The more you put yourself first and foremost and work on maintaining that balance, the further you, the potential is for, I think I'm realizing that now, the more you put your own like mental and physical health again, like just health in general, like at the forefront, the higher quality clients you get and the the more work you get that feels less draining because it's aligned with you as a human you know where it's like i feel like for when sure 100 just like going all in 100 percent. like you're you're gonna burn out basically i think that's what happened to me a lot in the beginning where i was having a full-time job and working on the side i would just be like mm-hmm. what the fuck am i doing all this for like i feel miserable you know yeah um, yeah, yeah. We actually did an interview with Mackenzie Duncan, who's also a professional okay. photographer. And basically, he, his whole thing is like, unless you hire me, like, I'm not shooting yeah. anything. So that's how he sort of approached things. I think he took a back step and then got burnt out and then reevaluated. And then he got busier again with work. So just to speak to what you're saying, like, everyone has a way of going about their burnout, I think. I think it's mm-hmm. inevitable no matter what. It's rare if you speak to someone who hasn't experienced I know. burnout. <laughs> to, to go off of that, um, I feel like when I'm shooting, I, I guess I feel like the most, like, in flow. Um, or it's one of the places mm-hmm. where I just can really, like, feel like in the moment and when you're working Mm -hmm. in fashion or just in general maybe this happens with every artist turns like commercial it's it's this weird thing where you stop making work that you like and you just start making work that is in demand or that your client's asking for and it's really weird because in the beginning of quarantine I was like maybe I don't even want to do this maybe I want to like move into the woods and like become a woodworker and do the opposite of what I'm doing right now, which is like at the time I felt was very, again, like 
quantity over quality, just kind of like fast fashion that's like bad for the planet, doesn't last a long time, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, I kind of want to just slow down and work with real tangible things that last a long time that are like kind of heirloom. But then I, I talked to a friend who's a very successful photographer and she was like, yeah, you just sound completely burnt out because you like don't make any work for yourself that you like. And so it was like this reminder to stop and think about, okay, it's not always just about increasing my income for this year. Like sometimes, sometimes you have to ask yourself, what is my artistic opinion and vision and perspective right now? And for me at the, at the beginning of quarantine, I pretty much, I'm going to take all pressure off to even like use my camera or make work in this time. I'm just going to take care of my mental health and I essentially didn't even pick up my camera for almost two months. You probably really, I really needed did. That. And you know what's insane is that like when I first was shooting, a lot of what I took pictures of was like landscapes because I did grow up in Arizona and the lighting is insane there. Like two months into quarantine, I was like going on a dog walk and I was like, oh, I really feel like the light is amazing. I want to like go out with my camera. So it kind of like quarantine kind of forced me to like actually pull back and go all the way back to the beginning of why did I even start shooting and how can I like integrate that into my work? Because that's ultimately going to feel more me, you know? And I, I kind of want to switch gears yeah. a little bit, kind of speaking to the whole like mental health topic, because you are very, very outspoken about your mental health on social media, obviously on this, during this interview, you're very open about it. Like what sort of triggered you into being so open especially on social media yeah I mean I feel like I've always been open about my own mental health but I didn't really have the the tools to understand my mental health for a long time I think a lot of people go throughout life with anxiety depression all of those things I mean living in cities and moving away from our families and being on computers and social media and eating weird processed food all of that stuff I think really contributes to anxiety. What made me want to be open about it is that like, I truly feel like most people have mental health issues and a lot of people don't even know that they do or feel ashamed about them or feel alone. And like, I mean, I've gone to therapy for years, so mm -hmm. I feel like very comfortable with the idea of talking about my feelings, but I just, I guess mm -hmm. what's made me want to be open about it is that our industry there's a lot of mental health issues and, and people just like, don't talk about it. And I, I think it's important to know, like, we're all kind of going through very similar things, you know, and mm -hmm, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think it's helpful to have this facade that like everything's fine all the time. It only like makes you closer to people and makes you more relatable, to be honest. I commend you because I, I noticed that and I think it's changed in the last few years where there's less of a stigma and like more of a dialogue. I'm just always curious to see like why someone feels so totally. open about it you know like there's different people and so they handle things differently so I'm just it's a curiosity of mine but I want to know in terms of that sense of community that we all crave and really need and obviously with a city like Los Angeles you're driving around a lot I mean you're you have friends but you're <laughs> it's hard to see everyone all the time and when you're freelance I think it's a little bit mm -hmm. even harder and you know that city just is almost feels like an entirely made of right totally yeah. la is a particularly odd city for friendships and community because there's so many people here in a good way it's incredibly diverse there are people from all cultures countries backgrounds you just get 
to see like different walks of life. My neighbor for the last several years was like an Iranian cab driver who's lived in LA for decades, you know, but still mm-hmm. like he would bring us Iranian food like twice, three times a week. Yeah, That's he was great. really generous. And so you meet people like that, but then you're also meeting people from New York or London or like just kind of all different types of places. It's like mm-hmm. the diversity, the food. I feel like the energy of LA is really inspiring. Like everybody here mm-hmm. like has a dream and has a vision and is like working toward it, which I find really mm-hmm. inspiring. Like what do you do for fun? Like going to new places for food? Was it like going to landmarks? Was it hikes? Like what was your jam? I like to do, so I like to mostly, honestly, I hang out with my friends a lot. I have a pretty core group of friends here and we usually get together like at least two weekends a month or three weekends where we just all like barbecue or hang out and it's kind of a a relief because none of us work in the same industries as each other actually it's kind of a nice relief from you know the pressure of work but also like going to shows like whether it's you know music or art shows I am like a huge huge fan of thrifting so like I'm like I said, I'm I'm a big like uh, nester. I love interior design and like being at home. So I spend a lot of time, honestly, just like working on my house and making it comfortable. What are some of like your favorite vintage shops to go? I to? mean, so I I don't go to a lot of vintage stores necessarily because I always find the price tags like a little alarming, to be honest. But like, what about do you go to like yeah, so, like, or there's I mean, obviously, yeah. one of my favorite places of all time is the Rose Bowl. Um, it's so cool. Like you just can dig through stuff for hours, like whether it's jewelry or lamps or like plants or clothes, it's just amazing. But I love that. It's basically a massive garage sale. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, one of my favorite other things is to go to plant nurseries. So like my favorite place in LA basically is sunset nursery. When you go there, they have all these plants and they're just like very nice people. And you can just like buy plants for your house to be more, uh, Humid and green. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So what I also want to talk to you about is do you have favorite rituals for summer that you do when you get home? Basically, like my main self-care stuff is like skincare routine every morning, every night. That's like how I wake up. I basically don't use my phone for the, the first hour that I wake up every day. That's like a rule I have. You know, for me, I take I take medication for anxiety and ADHD, and it's like those are very like self care things that seem strange to say as self care, but it's like it it helps a lot, you know, with my my mood and all of that. And then just like going to therapy, hanging out with my dogs, just things that make me feel like good that are like the the simple mm-hmm. things in life that are just happening mm-hmm. around us all the time that we kind of forget about in amidst like all the sure. the movement, you know. How is your dog doing with her poor little leg? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, she She's in recovery again. She's technically supposed to be on crate rest, but she thinks that she's healed and she's trying to like run around our house again. Same. Yeah. So she's, she's doing good. Like she's, she has a genetic spinal disease that she'll have her whole life, but she's kind of like going to be probably like 90% recovered in like three or four weeks. But in the meantime, okay. she's like incontinent and she's, kind of like having a newborn baby she like wakes us up two or three times a night does she have to wear a diaper like how did she go to the bathroom so she doesn't wear a diaper because we had her in diapers originally like when this happened to her a year ago but it gave her like a uti Mm -hmm. so basically our solution right now is like crate rest and then she has pee pad in there and we just change it every few hours 
she's very vocal when she's like <laughs> needs help. So oh that's the situation for now. <laughs> How old is she? She's four, which is crazy. She's okay. so young. Oh man. Okay. Um, before I let you go, I kind of want to know, you know, what's the first thing you're, thing you're going to do once this is all back to a, like a new normal? Yeah. I, I think my boyfriend and I will probably just drive to Arizona and like see our families and my, my dad and stepmom, they live up in the desert. Um, it's challenging, you know, it's like, we really are both like huge family people and friend people. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. just like being isolated from, from that right now and not being allowed to do that. It's just like, is such a bummer. No, I know. Yeah. Are you going to, so, um, can I ask you one other question yeah. before I leave? Yeah, of course. Are you a cancer? Is that your story? I, I don't know that much about astrology to be honest, but I heard that I am on the cusp of cancer and a Leo. Yeah, you are. <laughs> When's your birthday? It's July 29th. Why do you, I've never had my, my chart because I have this hidden talent of guessing people's signs <laughs> and like my editor laughs because he's listened to enough episodes to be like, Hey, this is a legit talent. You've guessed enough people. Oh you know? my goodness. Like I've had like conversations with service Canada people oh my about goodness. like, <laughs> and then I just, I'm like, you're like, you the way. <laughs> I just have a very important question. Uh, are you a this? And they're like, how'd you know? And they switch from like business mode to like shop. Interesting. Like it's a hidden talent. But how, yeah, I ha yeah. I'm curious because I don't know that much about astrology. What made you think that I was a cancer? Just because you seem very much like an empath, very family oriented, the anxiety is like <laughs> the, the neurotic anxiety, a type personality, I think is a bit of like a cancer. <laughs> so I, it, it was relatable. I kind of was like, the full cancer vibe. Yeah. So. Well, apparently I'm on, yeah. on the cusp. It is around the twenties. You are. On yeah. The cusp. But I, I would want, I'm very curious to know what your chart is because I've had experiences where I'm like, how are, like, how am I friends with this person? Like they're so the opposite. And then like, there must be a little bit of like this in their chart or this in their chart. And then I do their chart or I ask them to do their chart and I end up being right. Oh, interesting. So I, I believe in the whole like chart. I've never had it portion done, of it. honestly. I don't even know how it works. You can do it yourself. As long as you know, like your time of birth and where you were born, you can look it up online. Oh. Just ask your mom when you were born and all the stuff. And Okay, yeah. Just insert it. You can insert it into like astro.com or cafe astrology dot com okay yeah i'll do i'll it. give you like a whole it'll spit out a whole breakdown of like everything i'll do it and send it to and you <laughs> it's, it's insanely accurate like i people have been like stunned by it oh so. my god that's crazy it's fun definitely something to look into when you're during the you know yeah you know? i don't have a lot going on these days so maybe i'll do that so <laughs> Well, listen, Brittany, this is so much fun. I really enjoy the conversation. Thanks for being so open about so many things. Yeah, thank you so um, much for having me. Where, where can people find you? Yeah, so I would say I'm most active on Instagram. And my, my link is, or my username is just my name. So it's Brittany Christie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like the main place where I post and stuff like that. And yeah, if anyone listening wants to DM me, I love, I love meeting new people. And I'm always open, open book about whether it's mental health or photo stuff or anything. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. All of Brittany's information is included in the show notes as well as her website and her Instagram account. So you should definitely check out her work. It's quite 
quite beautiful. And all of our information is included in the show notes so you can rate, review, share, and subscribe or send us a direct message or email us at info at Thanks so much and we'll see you next week.